I'm not going to Electric Con this year. I ain't doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have the money or the resources to get to Electric Con. Are you going to go? It just sucks because Electric I wanna... Avenue. Oh, I do like yeah every day. Yeah, I could rock down there right the second if I had a chance. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't have a sample. We need to make this stream deck have more like instrument samples, and I can make us a song. Oh yeah, I guess I could do that. I'm probably not going to, but I could. Out in the street, it's a something. Out in the street, that is violence. There it is. Yeah, a song. One time I was at a like a used bookstore, and there was this really small old lady just dancing up and down the aisles to Electric Avenue. <laughs> it was um, it was beautiful. That does sound beautiful. Then we'll take it higher. Yeah, I don't know all the words, but you know, if I hear it, I know it. Yeah, have I know. You heard like, knowing is half the battle. Song, yes, knowing, I brought it up. <laughs> is that one in uh, Funky Town? Lips Inc. Yeah, those are places I would go to, and I would like you to take me there. My and first, um, <laughs> my introduction to Funky Town was in the trailer to Dumb and Dumber as a child, and it was a good time. Oh, was it not? In, was there an episode about Doug? When there a there's a theme park called Funky Town? Do they use the song? I feel like they maybe they did. They no. dropped the ball on that. Yeah, I don't know. I could see them cheaping out. I would. They had the beats. They did have the beats. Not enough junk food in Doug. No, I guess not. They were trying to get kids to eat healthy in the nineties, but it didn't work. I don't know. They they were they were uh well, they were, they were supporting patty mayonnaise. That's true. Mayonnaise isn't really that healthy. The olive oil kind is, I think. Right. They didn't have that in the nineties. Yeah. Not that I'm aware of, at least. White people only discovered olive oil um, <laughs> during the financial crisis when all the Greeks came over here. Oh. So that was only like 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. The more you know. Yeah. And the more you know, you know, it's the Raincoat Report. Yes, and you know that this is Voss here with Jeremy and, and our, our uh, special friend, Tyler. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Tyler... Welcome back. Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks for opening the door. Uh, thanks for unlocking the door and letting me in. Yeah. I let, let my love open the yeah, door that's what, to your heart. That's kind of what opened the door to your house because the bottom lock was locked, but I just pushed the door open gently and it opened. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. You got to deadbolt it, boss. Well, the idea wasn't to deadbolt it. It was to let people in, but I didn't realize that it wasn't latched. But it does that now. That's good. With the with the seasons, there's certain points where it just has to be forced shut. And sometimes you think it's shut, and it's not. So, to what our you listeners... What against the law in Alabama? Yeah, you're talking all this gross stuff about doors. <laughs> it's all against the law. They're swelling, and they're shutting. Well, listeners, don't try to push your way into my house, because you might make it in. <laughs> Break on through. Yeah, we did. We broke right through, and now we're here. So, uh, Tyler, what do you think happens when you die? I think you go on a fucking rainbow slide until the chemicals run out, and then your fa- family fucks your body. Oh. Like, Literally? And figuratively as well. Oh, 
Wow. Um, Tyler's will must be crazy. Oh, that's a part of my last name, and that's all I'm saying. Fair enough. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to take a quick look into the afterlife this week as we are talking The Devil and Miss Jones 3, a series that's really built its foundation on discovering what happens once you leave this mortal coil. And uh, we've had different interpretations, and this third film indeed has a third interpretation of what happens. Yeah, hell's where you ma- what you make it. Oh, yeah. You know? Hell's what you make it. Home is where you make it. Yeah, yeah. Joe Dirt. Yeah. <laughs> 1998, mm-hmm. I think. Or 2002. All the same year. Oh, yeah. The whole span. <laughs> But, uh, you know, in the original The Devil and Miss Jones, of course, we have this very sad opening where Justine Jones kills herself and uh, finds her way in the afterlife to be taught the ways of lust by the teacher himself, Harry Reams. Wow, look at those tits. Indeed. And uh, in the sequel, we have a very wacky interpretation of Hell uh, with... Oh, who who do we have? We had Arbola and you someone do have, else. Uh, Georgina Spellman is back in the uh, in the second one. Yeah, as the uh, as herself, Justine, yes, who uh, goes on to uh, she inhabits several different bodies, played by several different actresses. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, in the third film, Georgina is not back, but instead we get a different interpretation of Justine Jones. Uh, in this case, played by uh, Lois Ayers. Yeah, who we've seen in a couple things before, but never really is the star. Right, she was in Babyface 2, I saw. Mm-hmm. And there's probably something else that I'm forgetting that we saw her in. But uh, yeah, she is the lead in this film. And uh, we have a very different interpretation of the story. This, technically speaking... I don't know. I guess The Devil and Miss Jones 2 was a sequel. Yeah. A direct it, sequel in a way, yeah. even though The Afterlife, I guess it was a very different interpretation of The Afterlife, but it was a continuation nonetheless. Uh, this seems to be more of a reboot in sequels clothing. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's a different interpretation of the character of Justine a different interpretation of her entryway into the afterlife, and a a different interpretation of hell, for sure. For sure. But uh, it is an interesting and wild ride. Unfortunately, it's half a movie. (laughs) Yeah, did you know that going in? I knew that three and four came out like around the same time, but I didn't realize that three didn't like have an ending. Yes. Uh, also, Lois was in uh, Too Naughty to Say No. Oh, okay. Yeah, she just was under a different name. Gotcha. Sandra Stillman. Uh, but we do have some other noteworthy faces in here. Uh, we have Amber Lynn. Mm-hmm. I've heard of her. She was yeah. in um the, They, Them, The... Th- things? What's that? Things. Things, things. Yes. that's it. Yeah, she's you. in things. She's in she's things. She's in things, and she yelled at you on Twitter. She demanded that I unhashtag her. Oh, okay. Quite rude. Uh, Weird. We've, we've also got a 
someone who I feel like has been in like every episode we've covered for the past like six months, and that's yeah. Paul Thomas. Yeah, Paul Thomas is everywhere, man. Uh, we also have uh, Peter North. Yeah. And uh, oh, uh, and uh, quite a performance by Vanessa Del Rio. Yeah, as Mandy. Yes. That uh, movie with Nick Cage. Yes, it's a it's a different interpretation as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, leading her through her journey in the afterlife in a non-sex role is Jack Baker, mm-hmm. who, uh, uh, you know, has a, we'll say, a very 80s interpretation of his character. Yeah. Like, do you mean like? Like an 80s black guy, is that what you're trying to say? An 80s stereotype of a black guy, yes. Okay, yeah, fair. But uh, (laughs) overall, (laughs) it's quite a a journey into hell, and we're happy to take you guys on this journey into hell. Yeah, Tyler, you're coming down with us. We're taking you... Shout at the devil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Said Vince Neal. Yeah, he did say that. And... uh... And he ran over a guy. Then he, you don't, rock stars don't go to jail. I know. So. He didn't send Axel Rose to jail. What did, what, who, who did he kill? I think they, he like raped a girl and then like, it's like turned her loose naked, like in LA and then no one did anything about it. So exposure. Allegedly. Allegedly. That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Or is right. Axel Rosa Lister, do we have to make sure his lawyer's going to be honest? You know, we never know that one of the handful of people who listens to this might be litigious, so <laughs> you might true. as well CYA. Yeah, it's a, it's all alleged, but, you know, it's, it's no good. I mean, don't forget Mark Wahlberg never went to jail. Mark Wahlberg, when you're rich, you don't go to jail. And if you do, it's because they're... Other rich people have set you up. Has Donnie Wahlberg been to jail? Oh, yeah. Well. (laughs) (laughs) They put him in that uh, jail that freezes you from Demolition Man. All right. Yeah. When Simon Phoenix comes to strike, you freeze us out. (laughs) Dethaw us. Use the orange liquid goo. That's some good goo. Donnie Wahlberg got let out, and now he has to, as part of his community service, sell burgers. And that's how the Wahlberger <laughs> series got started. That makes sense. Uh, I, I try not to invest myself in any of their goings on, so I'm, I wasn't really sure. Well, now you know. Allegedly. If you don't have like a, a Wahlberger shopping card, you're going to pay twice as much at Wahlberger. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to get your Wahlburgers branded credit card with its forty eight percent APR. Yeah, I got a oh, new no. kids on the block branded credit card. <laughs> Do you, you got like it's branded like they're? It's got Donnie mostly on it. Okay, <laughs> he's the bad boy. I know. Is that like reflect your like credit rating? Uh, it it shows how my my spending. Yeah, the bad boy. Way reckless yeah, yeah like a lot of leather jackets and uh, yeah. wallet <laughs> chains and stuff <laughs> it's only accepted at Wahlburgers and various bad boy uh oh, yeah. shopping locations yeah like biker shop you know biker shops hot topics uh spencers but you can only use it on bad boy items they'll re- they'll reject it if you try to throw a, a pack of skittles on it or anything yeah <laughs> if you're at yeah if you're trying to buy stuff a hot topic and 
You're like, oh, this anime shirt's pretty cool. They will not let you buy it. <laughs> no, you if better get a, a leather up. jacket. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like an all over print with Goku on if it. It's that an anime up. button up. Yeah. You're okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. It does. It can't just be a T. <laughs> you're a freaking badass stabbing psychopath if you got a button up, so no yeah. one's going to mess with it's you. It's 1998, always. And you've yeah, got your Dragon Ball Z uh, button up from Hot Topic. and you're It's still the Frieza grade. saga. Mm. You're in eighth grade. At least and, in America. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's always the Frieza saga in America. <laughs> That's a good app. Uh, all right. Well, we'll be back briefly uh, here, and we will talk more about The Devil and Miss Jones 3. Oh, what is the... A New Beginning. That's the subtitle. Oh, yeah. Okay. talking about that today we're talking about terminator 2 today i'm a terminator 3 rise of the machines well i mean we could we could, we could go i've seen it. worse movies i've never seen the third one it's got it's not great no remember, but it's not the worst movie i've seen remember a couple years ago i, I put that playlist together that was all just like the third films and series <laughs> yeah. and i watched a couple of them and you know, I just I was just thinking about that in uh, in terms of what we're doing today, and also oh, yeah. I guess next week. Oh yeah, we are doing a a number three next week as well. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. When I get up in the morning, I didn't do a number three usually. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's a little too real. I'm sorry. Yeah, it took Tyler back. He's leaving. Oh no, he's just getting closer. Okay. Yeah, and I have not, to narrate what you're doing yeah. most of the time. I'm yeah, not leaving. I'm scooting you can, closer. You, you can uh, get the microphone up in your grill if you want. And you can push it up in can there. You hear my, you can, my wet mouth. Your mouth isn't the wettest I've ever heard. It's like a sarlacc without the beak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a third film, Return of the Jedi. I oh, that yeah. one. shit. I, what are we doing? This is yeah. weird. This is number 23. Yeah, I watched. Watched? Watched. I watched Trimus 3. Oh yeah, um, that one had ones that flew around and the that really ass blasters it made me mad. I was like, it's the threat is that they're in the ground. Well, then once I added the ones that were walking around in the second one, it was I, stupid. Did, I didn't see the second one. I saw the first <laughs> one, and then I made that list, and I saw the third one. The first one's good, and the third one's better than the second one. That's good. Yeah. What you uh, do? And then I watched. I think it's Alive Three: Island of the Alive. Which oh, is, that's uh, a that's a great film. Yeah, it's solid. Yeah, solid. Mr. Uh, it's like, oh, this is a, like, oh, my kid's a delinquent allegory. Yeah. My kid's a fucking monster. <laughs> yeah. It's like a commercial in the 90s where the dad and the kid are, like, fighting on the porch. And he's like, is your son taking a swing at you? Tyler, did you consider when you had children that you might accidentally have an It's Alive baby? Oh, man. 
you know, your wife's always like in hospitals and stuff, getting exposed, probably like waste. Well, the only weird freakish moment so far is when actually, if your your baby kind of has it, not all babies, but sometimes going through the the canal, going yeah. out the the giny, like it, it gets a cone head for a moment. What? Oh yeah, I've heard that. So, but just for like, depends on every baby's different, but that part's like wow, that you had to stretch your. Sometimes it sticks. Head. Yeah. I've seen a guy with a cone head uh, that, like, he's like a tech guy, like Mark Andreessen or something. He's oh, yeah. got a perfect egg head. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Dude. he looks like a Batman villain. Uh, Dick Tracy villain? He looks like, yeah, if, like, the big show had to play a Dick Tracy villain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the yeah. big show. But, uh, hell. Hell is other people. So, boss, get us going. So in The Devil is in Miss Jones 3, we open on shots of a woman showering, and this is Justine Jones, played by Lois Ayers. We get our title cards and credits as there's a 90s poppy punk song playing in the background. Well, it would be the 80s. There's an 80s poppy pop- punk song <laughs> playing in the background. It sounds like shitty Oingo Boingo, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Myst- Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Yeah, so it sounds like most Oingo Boingo. Tyler's okay. a fan. He <laughs> likes I'm, 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 I was waiting for Tyler to say something, but he, oh no, I, Tyler they're, likes they're weird little girls. Uh, God, that song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we get some zoom ins on Justine's breasts and crotch as she bathes. Oh yeah, the the chorus of the song keeps chanting a christian girl's problems <laughs> that's a total uh piano man song what's his name drunk man oh billy, billy joel, joel. Billy joel yeah. <laughs> uh we cut to a weird uh interview in a white room uh so we get this story uh punctuated with a bunch of interviews with people talking about justine jones and in this first one, we get introduced to Bill, played by Tom Byron. He's sitting there in sunglasses and tells us that Justine Jones was a bit of a slut. He asked where... <laughs> uh, the interviewer asked where he met her, and he explains it was through one of those video dating services. Uh, so to our listeners who may not be aware, video dating was an interesting thing in the past that I only know about through television. Yeah, I've only ever seen people record like their obnoxious videos on the TV shows I watch. Yeah, I thought it was a fake trope. Uh, I guess it was uh, certainly at a time. It must have been real. Um, oops. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But... uh yeah, people would just record videos, and then, like, you would watch a bunch of videos and see who you liked. Yeah, you would just, you'd watch a whole bunch of them, you'd have your friends over and laugh. <laughs> that was a Doug episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. But, uh, Got the, you know, anyhow. Formative show for me, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you could knock over a house with a throw of a stone. Doug is great. <laughs> But uh, he explains that he lied in his video and said he was into walks on the beach, evenings by the fire, bullshit like that that women like. He explains they went out a couple of weeks and uh, then they had a falling out. Bill explains that they had a disagreement about the relationship. 
That being that he wanted to fuck other women, and she didn't quite agree with this. Uh, we cut to Bill <laughs> covering a woman's bush in shaving cream as uh, Justine is on the phone arguing with him. She's clearly figured out that he's with another girl. Tyler, you still you stay the hell away from my buttons. Bonk of the week. Oh, no. Hey, at least it's not you. The raincoat review. No, we don't press that one yet. <laughs> Cut this. <laughs> now uh, Jeremy can't press it again later. Yeah, it's you. All these have like a like a limit usage, like a like yeah. when you like run out of materia or like your Pokemon moves. This is more about FCC regulations. They'll oh. only allow us okay. one. Oh wow! Uh, we were talking about a Christian girl's problems. Mm-hmm. That is by the band Gleaming Spires. Okay. You actually have some uh, some heft to their uh, credits. Oh, yeah? Uh, to their soundtrack credits. They were in Revenge of the Nerds. Oh. Uh, House 3, the horror show. Okay. Another third, Tyler, if you're keeping track. That's the third third of a third third. Anyway, uh, also in uh, Christian Girls Problems also appears on the soundtrack to Cabin Fever 2. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Justine's figured out the bills with another girl, and he's denying it. And after a moment of getting yelled at, he puts the phone down and talks about how he's <laughs> talks to this woman he's with, uh, who is Karen, played by Jennifer Noxt. Uh, he tells her that he's going to shave her cunt and put his cock inside of her and fuck it. Hell yeah! He wow. uh, yeah. keeps picking up the phone for a moment to go back to arguing with Justine, and then putting it down, flirting more with Karen. Eventually, Justine flies into a fit of rage and yells, Fuck you, repeatedly into the phone and starts throwing stuff around. Bill, however, has his attention on shaving Karen's bush. We get a couple of minutes of shaving fun, and Bill has her turn over to get the remainder of her hair, saying things like, You like that, you nasty little bitch. (laughs) We eventually cut to Karen sucking Bill's cock and then them 69ing. I hope she took a shower in between her. He's going to be pulling a lot of random hairs out of his mouth for sure. No, that's how it is. That's, you know, he likes that. It's a Dark Brothers thing. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, the loose hairs are They are dark boys, these Dark Brothers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't mention that. This is directed by Gregory Dark, one of the titular Dark Brothers. Yeah. Who also directed the uh, film See No Evil starring Kane. Holy shoot. Yeah. <laughs> you're, having a, you're having a real wild day, Tyler. You're learning a lot, yeah. I feel like. I, um, my fuses. I, I blew a fuse. I had to change my fuses. All right. You want me, well, I'm going to work on that, boss. Take us off. So the sucking and licking continues for a bit, <laughs> with uh, Karen making eye contact with the camera for a little bit while she's going. They swap to Bill fucking Karen from below as she lays back on top of him, and then her sitting up in a more traditional reverse cowgirl position. After a bit, we hear Bill tell Karen to spread herself open. We cut to her laying face down flat on the bed, holding open her cheeks, and Bill pushes his cock into her ass and starts to fuck her pretty hard anally. Yeah, he is. Uh, she's eating blanket while he's just pounding away on her butt. Yeah, he really gives it to her for a couple of minutes before pulling out and blowing a load onto her ass. It's pretty cool. Karen reaches back and strokes his cock and tastes his cum. Yeah. Hmm. 
We cut back to this interview with Bill. He suggests that he thinks that Justine was a closet lesbian and moved to one of those lesbian (laughs) islands in the Mediterranean. He read about them in Penthouse, he explains. Bill says that he didn't know Justine that well, though he knew her pussy. It was dark, (laughs) slimy, and covered in fur. It doesn't seem complimentary. No. It's a Wendigo. (laughs) Right, yeah, it's um, Chewbacca, a little Wookiee. Chewbacca. I need the, like, a thing. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Boss, I need Chewbacca uh, noise now. Actually, Tyler's is pretty good. Good job, Tyler. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Bill explains that Justine was a good lay, but there was something repressed, sad, and distant about her. The interviewer questions why he says that, and he says that she didn't like getting fucked in the ass, and women who don't like that are repressed, sad, and distant. He also read about that in Penthouse. Yeah, there's a lot of knowledge in old Penthouse. Uh, Yes, we find out even more as this film continues. We get cutaways to Justine putting on stockings and printing herself up as all of this is being explained. And then we cut to Justine being harassed and solicited by a stereotype pimp on the streets. Mm-hmm. He's asking about who her pimp is, and uh, eventually he gives up as she keeps pushing back away from him. Yeah, all this while the song "Let Me Tell You About White Chicks" plays. Uh, yes, <laughs> which is, which is a, a Dark Brothers production. Excellent. Yeah, there's. Uh, let me tell you about white chicks. Let me tell you about black chicks. Oh, yeah. They were about racial equality. They were... mm, There's some (laughs) problematica when it comes to race in this film, let me tell you. Let me tell you. But he eventually storms off, upset that he can't pimp her. We see Justine making her way into some club, up some staircase with red lights. Uh... And yeah, this is when I noted that uh, that song about white chicks is playing. Okay, I might have I might have been a little early, but uh, she sits at the bar and is being harassed by some drunk guy. Justine orders a taco from the bartender. The bartender reminds her this isn't a restaurant; it's a bar. She explains that is a drink order. It's a draft beer, a bloody mary, and a draft beer in three separate glasses and in that order. The bartender notes that's three drinks, but she says for her, it's one. I get it. She's an alcoholic. (laughs) Justine continues to be solicited by random people. But then, she wakes up the guy sitting next to her at the bar and asks what his problem is. And the guy sits up. Immediately, we notice it's Paul Thomas. Yes. He's um, wearing the outfit he wore in his uh, musical number in Let's Get Physical. Still oh, like in a yeah. tuxedo. <laughs> it, you're right. Yeah. Uh, she asks him why he's dressed like that in the white suit with white gloves. And he explains that he was at a wedding, but the bride never showed up. She notes that she'd buy that groom a drink and uh, Paul Thomas takes her up on that. At which point she realizes that he was the groom who got stood up. Oh, no. Oh. Well, that's what happens when you try to marry a Julia Roberts, you know? <laughs> we cut to another interview where a woman is talking about how Justine was a virgin and a prude in high school. She judged Justine at the time for wanting to study and stuff. She says she and Justine were friends, but she uh, 
She's asked if Justine was the kind of girl to go to a singles bar and pick up a guy, and the lady says, no way. Then we smash cut to Justine with the groom in bed making out. He's naked and Justine's in some red lingerie with thigh highs and a garter belt. The groom kisses and caresses Justine for a bit, grinding against her. And after a bit, we see that he's fucking her from behind as they lay sideways on the bed, with his uh, fingers stimulating her clit at first. And then with him uh, focusing more on pounding away after a bit. They fuck in doggy position next, and there's some slow-mo shots of her ass jiggling as she's getting pounded out here. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> in one of the craziest things that I've ever seen in a movie, uh, the groom, Paul Thomas here, pulls out, and he, like, I guess he's about to finish or whatever, but he doesn't really, like, push her forward. She just kind of collapses forward, and her head hits the wall. And uh, she she gets bonked. And, uh, and uh, at the very least, she seems to be suffering a massive concussion, although we would soon learn that perhaps it's even worse than that. Yeah. But he's just gooning. <laughs> he's just he's just got like his eyes are all like uh, rolled back and like crossed and he's just staring forward and not doing anything. It's the goo face. I guess he he just wanted to edge. He wasn't pulling out to come on her. He was just no, yeah. He was just but he was you know building it up. He was getting ready to go back in. Yeah, <laughs> she bonked herself. Bonk. Uh, <laughs> so we cut to another one of these interviews where this this guy talking about how Justine was a good American girl, and her father was named Chuck Jones, which is interesting because that's also the name of a famous cartoonist. Oh yeah. Uh, but he says that he was a great father, a member of the Rotary Club, and her mother, Glinda, was a great mother, and she organized... Who's a white witch. Oh, yeah. She was, yes. But she organized a group called MAGS, Mothers Against Glue Sniffers. Oh. (laughs) He explains that the Joneses were the perfect American family. He's asked where he thinks Justine is now, He said he'd like to think she's somewhere else and happy, but he has a nagging suspicion that something bad has happened to her. He's asked why he thinks that, and we cut to Justine laying naked, waking up in front of a comical headstone that just reads R.I.P. Justine immediately sits up and says she has to go to the bathroom. She's just in this large, dark room, it looks like. She calls out asking if anyone's there. She calls out for help and is joined by a gentleman who rides in on a naked blonde woman like a burrow. <laughs> yes. So, uh... <laughs> Hell's full of horse girls. This is uh, Chanel Price as the horse. <laughs> and uh, this is uh, Jack Baker playing uh, the guide. Like a Virgil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very... The setup does seem to be very Dante-inspired. Instead of circles, it though, it's just rooms. Yeah, they didn't have they didn't have the budget for circles. They needed rooms. Yeah. They're like, all right, we have two rooms we can shoot in, and we need to... We need to dress one while we're shooting yeah, while in the other. while we're shooting the other, yeah. And we need about... Hey, it's a, it's a plan. Yeah, it's a plan. But uh, he... 
explains quickly, there aren't any bathrooms, bitch. <laughs> uh. <laughs> she asks what kind of place this is, and he explains, this is the kind of place where you never have to go to the bathroom. Oh, no. She asks if she knows him, and indeed, I believe it was Jack Baker who played the pimp that she ran into on the street earlier. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he is uh, playing a similar stereotype here as well. It makes, uh, if there were other, cause I don't think Paul Thomas doesn't reprise his role, and I don't think many of the other actors do, maybe some do, but it maybe she is just concussed if she's having, like, oh, these yeah. delusions, you know, like in a... Uh, uh, you know, in a good witch way, Wizard of Oz way. Oh yeah, Glenda. That's you right. were there. I and was you there. Were there. And you were and there. You were there. And that was there. And that and you, was there. And you were getting gang banged. And you were getting gang banged. And I was sucking his hog. And I was sucking his hog. <laughs> and I was jacking off the other ones. Yeah. I, but I would know these hogs anywhere through the hogs of my family. Wild hogs. The guy. <laughs> yeah. The guide asks if she used to work the streets, and she asks what kind of girl he thinks he is, and he responds, a hoe. She tells him that she's not a garden tool, and this leads to a goofy exchange where they're on different pages of of, uh, what a hoe is. Yeah, they're doing an Abbott and Costello kind of routine. Idaho, (laughs) Idaho. Eventually, the guide explains that this is the afterlife, and she is in hell. She doesn't believe him, saying this is just a dark warehouse with no bathrooms. She asks if it's probably where they shot it. Yeah. (laughs) She asks if it's a dream, and uh, he says no, and she doesn't believe him. She demands that he gives her her clothes, and he explains she doesn't have any. She then asks how he died, and he, like, gestures with his hands like he's looking through some cards, and he finds Justine Jones's invisible card. And explains that she got a hairline fracture to the skull. She explains that she feels fine. <laughs> he says, of course you feel fine. You're dead. Hmm. I bet you would feel good when you're dead. Yeah. You wouldn't feel nothing. Your back would finally stop hurting. <sighs> <laughs> Can you eat all the taquitos you want? Oh, yeah. When you're dead? I don't know. Maybe there aren't any taquitos. Well, I'm not ready yet. Yeah, I'm not going if there's no taquitos. <laughs> Justine says she wants out, and he explains there's a way out, but he's never seen anyone make it. He mentions that he saw a guy once tear off his own head trying to escape. He then hands her a poncho, a raincoat, if you will, yes, and tells her to put it on to protect her from cum. <laughs> This would have been the perfect time for someone in a porno to finally say, don't forget your raincoat. Our moment never really comes, but I think this might be as close as we're going to get. Yes. (laughs) She asks, come? And he explains that the only way out of hell is through hell. And she says, whatever, I'll wear it. The guide's horsewoman then neighs. And so... (laughs) The guide yells out, Aquis, repeatedly. <laughs> and then a horseman trots up. Yep, played by Harry Potter himself. Oh, Harry Clopper. <laughs> uh, so, Aquis is uh, played by Steve Powers. Million Dollar Man. <laughs> the guide tells Equus that he has to go do something, but while he's gone, he needs Equus to fuck his horse up the ass. <laughs> mm. <laughs> The guy tells Justine they've got some hard riding to do, and they disappear into a door 
that uh, opens up from the tombstone. Equus, as requested, starts fucking the horse girl in the ass, doggy style. Uh, this is indeed a pretty significant anal pounding that happens here. Well, it's a horse. Of including course. some uh, ass slapping with comical whipping sound effects gaffered in here. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think if you can't afford to have, like, big cool demons and stuff in your film, a man pretending to be a hell horse. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good substitute. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, they fuck for quite a bit here. Uh, at one point, the horse girl says, Oh, it's so good in my ass, daddy, you big stud. <laughs> uh, after a couple more minutes, uh, Equus pulls out and comes all over the horse lady's ass. She reaches back and strokes his cock more and licks and sucks it a bit. We cut to another one of these interviews about Justine. The guy's asked to tell the interviewer about his sister. He says, Justine, what do you want to know? So this is, of course, uh, Justine's brother, who is uh, uncredited here, but played by Andy Nichols. I don't know him. Andy Nichols is a man, but more than a man, <laughs> he is Max Melodramatic from Cafe Flesh. Oh, okay. All right. I love him. Um, I don't yeah. have any Cafe Flesh samples. <laughs> Yeah, I read his little poem. Yeah. Way back, episode nine. Wow. The interviewer... Yeah, I don't know what number we're on anymore. We reached 100 and I stopped counting. We're at like 149 or oh 8 or something. We're like Pokemon. We're almost to the original Pokemon numbers. I think maybe we're on 148. I don't think we're... I don't know. We'll One, figure it out. 150's got to be important, maybe. Or maybe, you know, it'll just be another day on, at the Raincoat Farm. We'll figure it out. <laughs> you ever been down to Raincoat Farms? We yeah. breed horse girls. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make sure to wear your raincoat. Yeah, sure. you, yeah, yeah. But Justine's brothers asked if Justine was good or bad or in between, and he says obviously she was in between. He's asked about Justine when she was younger, and he explains that when Justine was younger, she got all the attention and was spoiled. He's really salty and angry about this. Well, he was the second child, and he got no attention. and Or he's the first child. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care. He says that she had an obsession with blacks. Whoa. And this upsets him. Awesome. She apparently believed they were more evolved or something. So this is another one of those things where you're like, hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> they're trying, I think. It's they're doing crying. something. They are crying. They're crying. They're crying. They're weeping. We cut to Justine with the guide again. They walk into a room, and he explains that this is the first room of hell, and in here is a group of peepers, virgins, the supreme voyeurs, doomed to watch sex for all eternity. In the middle of the room, there's a couple 69ing. Justine's looking around and notices one of these uh, onlookers is uh, her college roommate. When Justine approaches her, her roommate asks Justine to eat her. <laughs> Justine asks how her former roommate got here, and she explains that she was a cock tease. She showed her tits to a guy for a Gucci purse, 
and he was distracted and drove off a bridge. Holy shit. In the middle of the room, there's a couple, uh, Jim, played by Mark Wallace, and an unnamed character played by Karina Collins. They start to fuck with him, fucking her from behind as they're laying sideways, and then her laying on her back as he's uh, still laying sideways and fucking her with her leg held up. They pound pretty hard for a bit here. They get in a kind of sideways reverse cowgirl for a bit and bang sort of diagonally. They move on to some doggy style fucking for a bit. Eventually, Jim pulls out and comes in Karina's mouth and on her face and she sucks and strokes him more. The crowd claps. And then another woman crawls onto the stage. They're having fun. Yeah. We don't have clapping, we just have laughter, I think. Is this one? No, it's just laughter. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, another woman crawls onto the stage and starts to lick her fingers and play with her nipples. And it's at this point that an announcer uh, starts to introduce the next act. He says, Here's Tammy, Jim, and Willie doing the never-before-attempted Dance of the Double Dong. Oh, yes. Is that, that's like in... Uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown, the Dance of the Triple Serpent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> similar. Yeah. But uh, this is, uh, again, Jim played by Mark Wallace. Uh, Tammy is played by Amber Lynn. Mm-hmm. And Willie is played by Peter North. Excellent. Tammy. You're going you're gonna to see someone bust hard. I've heard of that Peter North name before. So, like he's, he's been on the internet in the nineties, right? Yeah, he was the master buster. He's okay. like the biggest loads you would ever see. Like they were probably him. Uh, you yeah. know that when Peter North's there, it's gonna pop. Oh, he's Mr. Popper. It's gonna pop. <laughs> so Tammy's sucking one of the guys while the other one's going down on her. There's some heavy ball sucking and licking for a bit. Beautiful. And eventually, Willie, played by Peter North, is fucking her as she sucks Jim. They roll over after a bit, and Tammy rides Jim cowgirl for a moment. And then, Willie joins in for some double vaginal penetration. Yes. Have we seen double vaginal penetration here? We've seen DP with both holes being used for sure. I don't know if we've seen a double vaginal yet, but I would like to think so. Wow. It's a lot. It's I mean, a lot of meat for one hole. I mean, we've seen double vaginal before. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've but, seen it like, and yeah, I've seen it. But I don't know that we've covered a movie yet that's had it. I don't know. It's a, you know what? That's a seven. Pretty wild. It's quite a bonding experience between gentlemen. Yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> so the two guys fuck her together for a bit. Uh, Willie pulls out for a moment and repenetrates her and goes back at it for a few. Eventually, the guys pull out and pump out some massive loads to an eruption of applause. (laughs) It's announced next that from the sea of sorrow and hell comes Joey and the Crab People. Unfortunately, we don't get to see who they are. (laughs) It's like, I do not remember Crab People. So then we cut to another interview. And a guy's talking about how he was in love with Justine, almost as much as he loved Helen Keller, which was an interesting thing to say. He says that he dated Hmm. Justine for a year before asking Justine to marry him. 
He's asked about their sex life, and he says that's personal at first, but after some probing and pressing from the interviewer, he says it was normal. They didn't do any weird stuff. When asked what's weird, he says, well, we never fucked pizzas. And the interviewer asks, fucking pizzas. And then he says this. You know what I mean. It's a, like you take a hot pizza out of the oven, and you lay your dick in it, and you rub your dick back and forth, and it goes spewy all over you. <laughs> it's the cheese that makes you get off. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. The interviewer asks, how do you know about this? And he says, I read about it in Penthouse. <laughs> oh, yeah. You ever done it pizza style? Um, no. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I've not, I don't... You ever burn your dick in a hot pocket? <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to try... Yeah, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. Yeah, you, know, you, you got any hot pockets, boss? I do not. God damn it. We could all do it. We could do the ham and cheese. Maybe, do, maybe Patreon. We could DP a hot pocket. That would be a bonding experience. <laughs> we could 3P a hot pocket. Oh, yeah. We're going to need a croissant. Yeah, we're going to need, like, a bigger one. We're going to need, like, a big fucking... Uh, Calzone. That's yeah, it. that's it. A piz- yeah, we're gonna have to get a pizone. A pizone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can get a hot and saucy pizza girl to drop it off. Yeah, but she can't stay and watch. No, she's not allowed. This is a men's experience. Yeah, it's the women have taken enough from us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no pigeons. Uh, boss loves it. Oh. oh. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Uh, back in hell, Justine's being led along further. She's still skeptical that she's dead and in hell. But uh, the guide assures her that this is not a dream. And she says that she doesn't feel dead, which again, she would have no way of knowing. He explains they have miles to go before they sleep. He says, say, that's from a poem by Robert Frost, but I used to call him Frosty. He talks about how Robert Frost used to be a pimp with a stable full of bad bitches. That's pretty cool. (laughs) The guy tells him that she's about to find out what the raincoat is for. And Mm. he explains that this is the sluts. We see a concrete room full of a bunch of people crawling around. He says, these are your regulation sluts, men and women. And they acted like animals. So now in hell, they fuck like animals all the time. It doesn't seem too bad. He explains that they wear out their dicks and cunts. Oh. Oh, no. Ouch. Yeah. Justine Justine points out a woman there seems to be enjoying herself, and the guide explains she's been doing it since she got here, and she needs to do it for 297 more years, and then her pussy will be wore out for all eternity. Justine then recognizes this woman here as her friend Mandy, who's played by Vanessa Del Rio. Why's her? How did her friend die? Uh, we don't know. We don't learn. Well, no, we no, we do. We do, do we? learn. Okay, good. She got pushed in front of a train or something, God and damn. her head got <laughs> severed off. Oh fuck! And the guy jokes, "She always was good at giving head." Ha ha ha! And uh, Justine does not think this is funny. Oh. But this is the point where she has finally seen somebody that she knew she w- she knew was dead. Okay, so now she knows for sure. Well, I think she might still think it's a dream, but well, so now she knows it's for give, sure. It's more evidence. It's, yeah, she's building a case. The guide asks if just 
the guide asks Justine if she was ever in the least bit slutty, and she says, well, maybe a little, and then we get some jarring cuts and then cut to Justine being fucked by one of the slut men while sucking off the other. The guide barks in excitement as he watches this. Uh, This goes on for a couple minutes here, and the guy fucking Justine pulls out and comes on her pubes, and then Justine sucks and strokes the other guy off, and he uh, erupts in a massive load all over her face. Yes, it's a beautiful gooey mess. Yes, probably Peter North, I'm guessing, because he's he's credited as one of the sluts in the scene. Good. It's gotta be. So the guide rushes over and explains that he told her to use the raincoat, if he hadn't been here, she would have been fucked eternally, drowned in cum, and her pussy would have been worn out. God damn. Justine says she doesn't <laughs> <laughs> Justine says she doesn't know what came over her. Justine comes over to Mandy and talks to her, and Mandy recognizes her. Justine tells Mandy that Well, I'm not actually dead, and Mandy explains that's what she said when she first got here too. Mandy continues to suck and stroke the group around her as the guy leads Justine off. One guy is going down on Mandy, and she has a cock in each of her hands and another one in her mouth. She's getting fingered hard for a bit, and then one of the guys starts to fuck her as four others are above her face being sucked and stroked and a couple jacking off. She's being eaten out a lot in this scene too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is the first time I've noticed how like pronounced uh, Vanessa Del Rio's clit is. It is a pronounced clit. It's a. Uh, it looks like the tiny head of a dick, which it really, I guess, it is. It's all like made from the same stuff, like yeah, depending like, on what hormones you get, yeah, yeah, your chromosomes and all, and all that stuff. But some of them look more like it than others, and this yeah. one looks more like it. But you know what? I like it. Hell hath no fury. Hell hath no fury. Like. A clit deformed. <laughs> the guy you know, like that? Thank you. He slapped his face. He likes it. So. No, I smacked my balls. He smacked his balls. Sorry. You shaved your head, so now when you smack your balls, it sounds like you're smacking your head. Yeah. <laughs> the guy fucking Mandy pulls out and comes on her pubes and is quickly replaced by another fucker who fucks her for a couple of minutes before also pulling out and glazing her bush and again being replaced. This gangbang scene continues for quite a while. After Mandy's finished a bunch of guys off, we see one of the male sluts who is asleep on the ground wake up and scamper away through a vent. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he go in a vent? I don't know. It, it, I, we don't see him again. I don't know what the point of that was, but it was he's, weird and I liked it. He's like a little rat. Scampered yeah, a little, off into little a, rat boy. A little like a ghoulie. A ghoulie. <laughs> We cut outside and we see a guy on the ground yelling, suck me, repeatedly. Uh, We are later told that uh, this is Serapis. Oh, yeah. He's like a snake. Yeah. You don't know. What are you talking about? He's uh, played by Kevin James, star of King of Queens. Yeah. Yeah, he's. uh, Oh, no, he's a bull. I'm sorry. Serapist is a therapist. Serapist, boss, you need to go see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Justine and the guide are talking, and Justine says that that looked like Mandy in there, but that can't be her. 
The god is emphatic that that was Mandy, and both she and Justine are dead. Justine explains that that wasn't like her in that room. She doesn't know what came over her, and he explains that she was taken over by evil. She says not to make this sound like the Twilight Zone, and he says that he doesn't care if he sounds like Rod Serling or not. The guide then introduces Justine to Serapis, who's again laying on the ground saying, suck me over and over again. Okay. He explains that she's the one who has to suck him, and she says that she refuses. But he tells her the only way that she'll get back to Earth is past him, and otherwise he'll just lay here forever. And I guess they can't just step over him for some reason. (laughs) We then get an announcer asking us if Justine will ever make it back to Earth. Introducing us to scenes of The Devil and Miss Jones 4, the final outrage. What? What do you mean? So we see a bunch of stuff and it's kind of stuff that I expected. Until we see the guide introducing Justine to a room full of racists. Which took me back a bit. And then we also get a shot of her brother, again, talking about black men's big weenies. Mm. This whole thing seems pretty problematic. Well, <laughs> we don't have to worry about that this week. Yes, we'll worry about that probably in a couple weeks or so. <laughs> yeah, the next time you take a trip into hell. I did, yeah, like I said, I didn't realize this was a, uh, a, a Super Horneo Brothers situation where it had just been split into two. Yeah, unfortunately. And I feel like even Super Horneo Brothers had more resolution than this. Like, it had kind of a cliffhanger ending, yeah. but there was kind of a resolution before the cliffhanger. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this is just like, all right, well, the rest of the movie's still to come. Yeah. Coming soon. Coming soon, indeed. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come right back Ugh. and uh, <laughs> give our final thoughts on The Devil and Miss Jones 3, A New Beginning. I told you this raincoat was of the utmost importance. Now, if I hadn't been here, you would have been fucked eternally, drowned in cum, and your pussy would have worn out, bitch. I don't know what came over me. I wanted to stay here. Yeah. Even though it started to hurt, it started to feel good. Don't you want to say something to Mandy? Oh, yeah, I thought that was you. Oh, what the hell are you doing here? Oh. Crack the skull, fuck it! Oh, you're so naughty, slut. Oh. Wait a minute. I don't belong here. I'm not dead. Oh, oh that's what I said at first. Yeah, yeah, they all be saying the same shit. I wish there were more cheese in this cheese can. Well, you fucking ate it all, so now there's not. This is a nightmare, and it's going to take forever to get this last little bit of cheese out. Just, you have to be patient with it. Just hold it, and then you can just like put it in a little container for later. If I turn it upside down and shoot it in my mouth, am I going to go crazy? No. No. Oh, yes. Cheese whippets? <laughs> yeah, I think you should do some cheese whippets. I think that would be good for you. Mm, that would delicious. be good for you. But you know what would be good for the podcast? As if we started... The Raincoat Review. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. I was on the... I was worried you just weren't going to push it. Well, I, I don't care about the FCC. Okay. Their regulations. I only care about what we're doing here. 
Well, if you start uh, <laughs> if you start your review now, by the time you're done with your review, I'll have enough cheese on this cracker to eat it. <laughs> I want the cheese cracker. You can have this cheese cracker. No. Okay. Yes. Don't, uh, don't give it to him. Well, the problem but only with, after you're done. The problem with this movie is that there is just it's just half a movie. Now, I will say I do like I do like what we're presented with here. I think it's a yeah. interesting new take on that uh, on an established uh a beer on an established canon. <laughs> and uh I like the the Dante sort of interpretation we're getting. Yeah. Not that the second one didn't have a similar sort of thing going on. Uh, but in a lot more dressed up way. Obviously, this one's done much more on a budget. Would you say it was on video, or is this one still on film? I, I think this is still on film. Well, good. But obviously, the budget's much lower. Yeah, I like I like Lois. I think she's pretty hot. I'm a, I'm a fan. She's uh, very kind of petite in a way. Yeah. Yeah, she's small. She uh, really knows what she's doing. She certainly does. I don't know. It was a it was a pretty silly film. I, I feel like I need to see the rest of it to really come to, to terms with it. Sure. But I like the direction things are headed in. Um I like that the song is also in Cabin Fever too. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. The, we got the gleaming spires. And uh, Eleven Blue Men was the name of another group, which in the I don't know what song they did. Right. But that's what they called the Blue Men group before they finalized it, I think, probably, right? Oh, okay. Took yeah, that makes Blue sense. Men. Yeah, they were probably back there doing their like performance like on the recording, but they didn't have the name yet. Yeah, their only soundtrack credits are for this and the sequel, unfortunately. And because they rebranded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes uh, sense. <laughs> uh, I love seeing Vanessa Del Rio, as always. Lovely lady. Uh fun paul thomas scene uh, uh she cracks her head open that's a good way to die and go to hell i guess <laughs> uh. <laughs> we do like our our death scenes and car accidents in these movies yeah i like pornography <laughs> 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 um, i like when those things are in pornography i'll say uh yeah a new beginning is a fresh start and for a fresh start i give it a three i'm I, i'm excited to see where things go I think they can only go up from here or down because it's hell. Yeah, down straight to hell. Yeah, well, just already, like Tyler. Yeah, yeah, hell's great. Yeah. When he cracks his head after the next time he has sex. Do you think you're gonna crack your head? I, I, is you know what? Yeah, I hope so. That if the, if I get to have sex, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> I'll crack my head. <laughs> I'll Salvador Dali crack my head, and Salvador Dali can come out of my egg. Whoa. I'll do it. Well, I agree with your uh, synopsis here, Jeremy. I think that this was a that fun... That canned cheese is bad. Bad, bad canned cheese. It's not great. I mean, it's gone bad. I don't think it's gone bad. It's turned. No, that stuff lasts forever. It ain't going bad yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, now I'm now my brain's full of cheese and I can't. I can't 
Mm. yeah, I think I think this was a, a fun little movie. Uh, I can't say that like there was a whole lot of depth to the narrative, but uh, it's definitely the worst of the three Devil and Miss Jones movies we've seen, but they're a pretty high bar. Yeah, it's um, uh. Yeah, it's a tough bar to clear for sure. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's a serviceable enough porn film. It was fun to watch, and I'm excited to see the next one and see what sort of creative things they come up with. Yeah, I like the uh, Pony Girl and the Pony Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, hopefully, there'll be more weird creatures in hell, and maybe we'll get to go down some vents. Yeah, <laughs> see what that guy was crawling off to. Yeah, I want to know where he what he's doing. Yeah, mm. but uh, you know the sex in here was uh, pretty good. Yeah, and, a lot uh, of nice, a lot of nice hardcore anal. If that's yeah, what, if that's your thing. And I, and I do like that. That's a fun thing to watch in a movie. Yeah, some shave play. Some shave play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's some good stuff. Uh, I would also give it three stars. I think it's pretty good. I think that. The fact that it isn't a complete movie makes it hard for me to go any higher than three stars. There's yeah. some creativity here, but it's not fully realized because there's not an ending to the movie. Yeah, I don't know what to expect. I don't know how to uh, I say uh, I was surprised that it was a cliffhanger. I'll yeah. say that. I get a history of the world part one vibe from it because you get <laughs> you, at the end of that movie, you get the, the, the trailer to the sequel. Which is that? What happened with the show's parts of number four? Uh, it did eventually come out, though. I think History of the World Part Two came out like no, the, fifty years later. Yeah, I'm talking like, about say you originally yeah, saw like fifty years later. Yeah, yeah. No, if you uh, saw this one, I think the next one came out like maybe. I think like, it was the same year. Same year, a couple months later, maybe. Yeah. So it actually happened. I yeah. also think that I saw the miss that uh, number four is like sixty five minutes long. Yeah, this one's this what? one's seventy five. Yeah, shit. So yeah, something something to think about. No, I've thought about a lot. Yeah, you've had a lot of. There's been a lot going on for you today. Yeah, this movie's great. I've never seen it, but you painted a great picture, guys. Yeah, you painted a portrait of hell. Yes, a portrait, a landscape. Triptych. Yeah, you're training the triptych. Yeah. That's, that's what, um, what's that? That's like what Portishead plays? You know, I've always skipped over that name. Mm, that's fair. But, you know, I'm yeah. going to say yes. It's what Portishead plays. Sure. <laughs> Why well, not? <laughs> well, that's Portishead for you. Well, and that's the Raincoat Report for you this week. So uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report. Raincoatreport at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. Uh, if you want to send us any pornography in the mail, reach out to us. We've got some on the way, and it's kind of just lost in USPS limbo right now. So hopefully it makes it to us soon, and there'll be something fun to share with you guys. They're going through our pornography up in customs, <laughs> I think, probably. They're having a good time. I don't know where it came from. Uh, uh, I think Abu it was... Dhabi. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll find out when it comes to me. Yes, and see how sticky it is. I uh, hope it's a sticky. <laughs> I hope it arrives the day this episode comes out. I hope it's too sticky to open the box. <laughs> uh, if you want some more uh, Raincoat Report fun, uh, go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash raincoat report, where you get early access to the episodes 
they're ad free in case you normally hear ads here, which may vary depending on whether or not people want us to have ads. We'll see what happens. They're uh, taking away our freedoms. They're taking away our ads and they're taking away our freedoms. But uh, yeah, we get two bonus episodes each month for our patrons. This week we're spinning the wheel once again for Pornhub Roulette, so look forward to that. There's some uh, fun stuff that we get to share with you guys. Mm. The uh, creativity of a horny man at full play. We'll see. Oh. Uh, And uh, in the meantime, if you're going to... What? I don't know what that means, but I'm You're, you're going to find out when we record this episode. But in the meantime, if you're crawling your way through the pits of hell and trying to make it through the slut room, <laughs> don't forget your raincoat. Mm. Lois did. She got covered. Yeah, look how it turned out for her. Yeah. This is what we've been telling you all along. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs>